0: Hello, welcome to welcome to the Waking Up To Money podcast. This is a recording of another live crowdcast. Um, this time it was an interview uh, Ben and I did with David McQueen. He is a coach, a leadership coach, a speaker, a very eloquent and articulate um, person who I've been following on LinkedIn. Uh, he shared his thoughts and ideas around what people need to learn when it comes to pricing and really being able to price their worth. And we thought we'd get in touch and say, well, this is something that we're tackling and why don't we have a talk about it? So if you are a coach or even just a company or one or a consultant, just understanding try or trying to understand how to set the right price for the work that you do, then this is going to be an illuminating and engaging and inspiring conversation excellent after a little bit of uh technical jeopardy i think we're live so if you are with us uh please say something in the chat to let us know that you are hearing my at least myself um and yeah just share as well Uh, good to hear people already um saying good morning but um, I'd love to hear where all of you are watching in from and let us know and tell us what the weather's like because today here in Brighton it is beautiful it's a blue sunny sky um and we're joined by David David McQueen a uh, leadership coach speaker soon to be author
1: yes soon <laughs> it's to be Painful author. though. I say that with a smile it's so painful
0: but yes yeah, <laughs> well we might go into that because uh, my business my co-founder is trying to write a book and so he might be able to yeah uh relate to the pain of yes. birthing yes for that book and you, you also run your own podcast is that correct i do, I do.
1: it's on a bit really? of a hiatus at the moment but it's
0: coming back i've got some stuff lined up so
1: this is my, this is my I, I know
0: i know a lot about podcast hiatuses <laughs> yes
1: all good all good
0: um where are you based where are you calling in from
1: so I'm in a little village called Radlet which is about between, if people know where St. Albans or Watford is, just out, in Hertfordshire, I'm just somewhere in between the two. It's a nice little leafy village where I can mind my own business. And it's lovely right. and cold out here, it's lovely and cold. <laughs>
0: that sounds lovely. Is it le- is, uh, Harry Potter world. Around- yes. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. so as the crow flies, if you go a five or 10 minute drive to the right, yeah, you end up in Hogsworth, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah, my daughter wants to go there for her birthday, so I might be popping in. Uh, <laughs> um, and how, how are you today? How, how, oh, nice. How you? How's your morning been? Today's
1: been really good. So, um, got up. To, I I have a writing club every morning. Um, there are about seven or eight of us. We get together. Um, we jump on a call. We do it for a year now, from seven to eight. Every morning we get together and we just write, whether it's for our books, articles, thesis, prod, um, little blogs, we basically spend an hour where we just encourage each other and we just write. And then at the end, we just kind of reflect on it. So I start my day with that. And then I went for a walk, had a little bit of a stretch and went for a walk. It was bloody cold out there, but it was really good. And then I came back in, had a lovely shower. I'm just like, everybody, I'm nice and shiny and clean now. And got here on time for this podcast
0: oh that's that's amazing it's like those um i think of those like influencers going you know your morning routine start at 5 a.m meditate yeah. i'm happy for them
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that sounds like a nice start to the
1: day i like that I, i'm happy the people who start at five o'clock in the morning i'm really happy for them that's time that i'm i'm still turning over at that point so i'm really happy for you at five six thirty earliest and that's it for me
0: so yeah it's all good awesome how about you ben how, how share your current state. My current state, actually,
2: today I'm, I'm better. It's good to have this in. It was kind of a kind of motivation to sort of get up and do something. Because, uh, yeah, the, the last days uh, have been not very much getting up. Uh, we kind of inadvertently took COVID out of the boys' primary school, uh, went on holiday to Devon last week, where we marinated in the boys' COVID as a family, on a house on Dartmoor, uh, and then came back with a full house of COVID where we've been since then. So, <laughs> oh an gosh. all-round uh, COVID own goal, courtesy of primary school children. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's, it's,
1: yes, it's, weird, uh, it's weird in a way, because it's here, isn't it? Whichever way we look at it, we are all gonna know something that's gonna be impacted by it. And I think mm-hmm. it's just how we it's how we adjust, right? Um yeah God yeah I'm I'm still running away from it though Ben I really am. (laughs) Keep running. running. (laughs) I'm I'm literally here on the other side, kind of (laughs)
0: like let's do this, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, stick on your Um, antivirus filters right now. Exactly. (laughs) But are you feeling better today?
2: Yeah, a bit more energy today. Um which is which is which is good. Um and actually it's it's good too, because it's good to have something like this, and then you sort of kind of There is a kind of invitation to reconnect with the world uh, because we've been sort of, you know, locked into our kind of plague house uh, for the last days. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so uh, good to kind of have this and this opportunity to kind of reconnect and that kind of feels energizing. And like the same because I'm also in in Brighton and, you know, the kind of the, the sunny, clear, crisp days. Actually, yesterday was in the, in the garden, just the sun on the skin is just such a super kind of energizing thing. So, Mm uh, Definitely on the on the right way of the curve.
0: Oh, I'm loving your metaphors—the the marinating in COVID and plague house.
2: <laughs> beautiful, eh? Beautiful.
0: <laughs> me so, you know, ex- I, I can feel, I can feel the disease. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I, I'm actually—it's it's beautiful Sunday. I'm I'm actually coming off a cold, thankfully not the other C word um but yeah just trying to re-energize myself and re-engage with the world after a half term of taking a bit of a break which was in lovely not so sunny very wet and lakey the lake district it was beautiful um, is it i i hear they say that (laughs) they've told me it's a
1: beautiful what the weather is the lake
0: district is beautiful doesn't matter (laughs) there was there was were some stunning views once we decided to brave the rain um, but yeah, I, it's, I need to go back. I need to go back and experience it fully. But um, yeah, enough of holiday talk and COVID talk. I think we should ban the C word from now on from these uh, <laughs> conversations. Um, we're here because uh, I was uh, I was brought to it was brought to my attention a, a and we're going to say we we're allowed to say rant. Uh, ben yes. brought to my attention a rant that the David shared on LinkedIn uh about the need to learn how to price um well and what it means and and the different aspects it was like a really bullet pointed <laughs> it's <was> like manifesto <laughs> these are the things that we need to really think about when we're pricing and so we want to sort of like dive into that explore that idea hopefully for those of you who are listening who are struggling with working out how to price better and uh, when i say better it's more often than not it's uh, what we talk about on our happy pricing course is actually you, you are worth more than you think uh, and there's uh, maybe some something that limits you in terms of actually getting what you charge. But it isn't just about making more money. It's it's, it's really for us. It's a, about finding that right <laughs> exchange that is both good for both you and your customer, rather than trying to con people out of money. So that's that's a, a bit of a uh, disclaimer there. We're not we're not trying to just maximise profit for profit's sake. There's something here about really having adult conversations around pricing and money. Um, and so if and you honey. have any specific questions, uh, sorry Ben. And value was all I was going and to, value. to add to that. Value. Thank, value thank you very and much. And value, that's the conversation we want them to have. That is the conversation we want. <laughs> um, but if you have any very specific questions, if there's something that you're struggling with at the moment, um, please share them in the chat or there's an ask a question feature and we will try to get to them as we have this conversation, particularly if it's like pertinent to a topic that we're talking about at the moment uh but before we dive into the pricing chat i think it's very useful to actually have some context because um we're going to be talking about this i think purely from the mainly from the kind of the the services angle the service sort of industry and and more specifically maybe if you're a coach a consultant you're essentially more sometimes you think you're selling your time so that kind of aspect there talking to that kind of situation uh and with that it'd be good to actually understand why we have David and so maybe for those people on who follow us on the waking up to money podcast who don't know you could you maybe just share a bit about what you do at the moment what's yes. your uh what's your focus in terms of your activities and and how and maybe potted history of how you got to what you do now
1: 100 percent. so let me start off by saying that I'm I'm very driven by purpose my first thing is my, my family's always first like I love my work absolutely love it but i'll drop anything for my family i just make that really clear to me i make that to clients all the time they go yeah yeah really there like, my daughter's ill sorry meetings next week um so very married beautiful woman lucky to have me um i'm incredibly lucky to have her um i have two <laughs> daughters uh rihanna 23 and lauren 19. um and in terms of business i run a I, a couple of, i have my hands in a couple of businesses I'm, I'm like a portfolio person i get bored very easy so i have to sp- spread my risk as it were but my main business i run with my wife is called q squared both mcqueen and q so i just thought i was clever nobody else gets it but anyway i love it it's called q squared and we do learning and development so we work with a number of organizations both of large corporates and um, smes and non-profits just around how do we Develop really good leadership skills. How do we develop confidence skills? How do we develop communication skills? Because at the at the end of that, no matter what you're selling or doing, it really really comes down to people, right? It really comes down to how we are going to be able to communicate with each other. A quick potted history is is my parents were from the Caribbean. So when I was young, I had four career choices, right? A lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, or something in finance, right? And the immigrant story most kids will know about. And so I went and I did accounts because I wanted to make them happy. And plus I wanted to know about money. I never qualified as an accountant. There was no interest in that whatsoever. Um, But I did that. But when I was doing that, I learned a lot of stuff around. People really liked it when I presented and made stuff quite simple. They hated accounts, but if I could make it simple for them, it was really good. Uh, After about eight years, I was like, okay, I really love this stuff around IT, and I went into IT, did a lot of developing and um, financial reporting, and again, I was being asked to present and communicate and make things quite simple for people, and people asked me to do CVs, help them with interview skills, I'm like, I'm a bloody accountant, or I'm in IT, why are you asking me these things? But I realised people saw something that I could help them with that I didn't realise myself, and so after about 15 or so years working, I, I stepped away bravely from the corporate world tell my wife i'm jacking it in i'm getting my own job she's like as long as you can pay the bloody bills like <laughs> what you do um and um, she was very supportive to be fair and really kind of like a real inspiration behind me even when i lost the um the desire sometimes to, to work with individuals and my journey started as many people who are listening on this call my journey started out by me being in that space and not necessarily understanding my true value so i would charge a small amount for a speech or I'd do it for free for exposure all right I will come back to that a bit later and I went and did that for exposure but along the way what I realized was there were lots of bits around careers and, and, and my first part my first part of that journey was around careers and presentation skills Was so getting people to understand how can I do a job really well how can I run my business really well and how can I communicate so how can I sell my idea how can I really do a good presentation all those things I um was working on but then in about the last five or six years, maybe slightly longer, I realized there was a real demand for people who were leaving their own companies, be it the large corporates or individuals who were solo, solo um, entrepreneurs. How do I leave this probably? How do I leave myself? And so I got really immersed in that study that as much as I can. And now that's where, if you look on my um, LinkedIn profile, it says all things leadership. Um, Cause I just couldn't think of any other cheesy title. Um, and that's what I do. And I love it. i am absolutely, that, that. that's the little potted history as to how I've got here right now.
0: Awesome. Oh, that now I understand why we're talking to you. It's <laughs> it so, feels like so much alignment in terms of a, the journey, this yes. kind of like uh, random walk in career space for one of a yes. better term until we find where we actually feel best. Um, yes. but also the, I think this, this real awareness or I think real affinity to the idea of good communication, but yes. coming from a place of clarity. You know, yeah, what do I stand for? And and one of the things that I'm very uh, um, admire about you, particularly when I follow you on LinkedIn, is just you're, you're very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're very, and, and it, uh, it comes from what I believe is a place of clarity in terms of what you talk about. And so I think that's, that's it's really nice to hear that. And it's Thank also you. interesting to hear, well, this is the bit we want to get onto here now, is this whole journey of understanding the value of that. Yes. Or not even that. Having that interchange or exchange with people so that the the value is clear. Uh, yes. And with whom? And so, um, maybe the first thing is like, when do you remember like, oh, you're talking about before, like doing stuff for free or doing stuff for a low cost? Can you remember what, what was driving you at the time, maybe to, to relate to some people who might be listening? So, I
1: think that if I'm gonna go out on my own, I need to at least be able to cover the salary that I had from before. So that was my big, ba- Put your bills. holidays may have to wait. Holidays might get downgraded some more, but I wanted to be able to make sure I had money to be able to cover those um, basics. So my thinking at that time was say for the sake of argument, if I'm earning 40 grand, I wanna make sure that the work that I do is the equivalent to that. And and so for a lot of it, even when I was asking people questions, it was it, it felt like a dark art because I'd ask people and they didn't want to say anything. I'm like, what do you do? How much is your day rate? And they're like, well, you know, what are you looking to do? Like, just tell me your bloody day, right? Give me, a, give me a fee band, give me a range. And they don't want to, or what's your hourly rate? Oh, why are you asking me these questions? Like, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell people mine. And they're like, you shouldn't be so forthcoming with your day. I'm like, what's going to happen? Is the world going to stop turning as a result? This is what it is. And this is what I want to do in order to be able to earn 40k a year. And that was my basic stuff. And then I remember I went to this event and I, was one of two speakers and um, I was the warm-up act basically for this speaker before and I just wanted to talk about being abundant and being motivated and doing what you have to do I rock on this stage and I'm like these people are never gonna forget me I'm gonna come and I'm gonna drop humor I'm gonna go to the wall people are gonna feel like oh my god did he just say that but I'm also gonna drop truths in that and I did it and I remember doing the speech and it was the first standing ovation I've ever got in my life. I don't really like standing ovation. They make me feel really awkward. You know, in TED, when they go, that stuff makes me creep out. Sit down. You enjoyed it? Take your notes. Keep it moving. <laughs> and it felt, felt really weird. And this guy came on after me, and he did this speech. And he said, how am I going to follow that? And he was a professional speaker. And in my mind, I'm like, you don't follow it. You just do your own thing and just do it. But the energy in the room went really down and he was just like really dull and what have you. And then I found that he made four and a half grand like I made 150 pounds. I was so pissed. I was like, what? What is the, hell? This, how does that work? So I had the conversation with him and he was telling me about an organization called the Professional Speakers Association, which is effectively one of these associations where you go to where they teach you how to build a speaking business, how you charge, you know, the whole, the whole shebang around it. And that fascinated me and I was like, That's like, you know, not even 10 times the amount of, you know, the multiples that you have there of being able to earn it. But then I didn't want to just speak to go and get the money. I didn't want, I I, I do charge a healthy fee and I'll be very transparent about what that is uh, during the podcast. But I just didn't want to be, oh, I'm going to be the four and a half thousand pound speaker. That just didn't resonate for me. I wanted people to really learn stuff. And I was doing a lot of stuff in schools as well. So even when I was in schools, I was very mindful that I can't go to a school and go, it's going to be four and a half grand. I could go and go, well, I'll charge you 300 quid, and they wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, And so what I did is I started to build that model so I could cover the salary. Um, And and then something else happened to me afterwards, and, and I'm hoping I'm not going too far ahead in the podcast. But it was, what if I'm not working? What? what if i'm like you're both parents right so half term comes right screw working in half term okay Because you know those kids want you when they're younger they need your attention right so let's write that off already right there's there's six weeks in the calendar already that are written off there's the half terms there's easter there's sometime in summer holiday like forget it you can try and do your stuff you've got to work around it so i was like okay so let me think about this carefully for 46 weeks of the year um i need to be able to earn some money because six weeks have written off so i was like what do i do so then I was like, okay, so I need to make my salary in 46 weeks of the year. So that I've got enough bandwidth to be able to do that. And then I was like, okay, let me do it to 45 weeks. Cause just in case i get a cold or a cough, or that's not, I the other C word, right? But you <laughs> know, something, if something comes up in that, what can I do? So I basically said, right, here's my planner. In 45 weeks, I need to earn for the sake of argument, 40 or 50 grand. How am I gonna charge that? How am I gonna sell that? How am I gonna do the big events? How am I gonna do the small events? And then, since then, from what I worked, I started to tweak it from there. If that makes sense. So, that's the basis for the formula that I actually started. Does that help answer?
0: Oh, that's a great starting point. Ben, I'm sure there's lots of thoughts and ideas bringing up. Well, depends if the C word's allowing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. I mean, absolutely. I
2: think it's kind of it's interesting because one of the things that we're always kind of getting people to think about is this uh, a kind of a money a money ceiling that they have. And in a way it can work kind of both ways around. So like one of the ways in like you talk about people have an idea about what it is, of course, like I need to earn this, Um, but then kind of don't start to factor in things like you say, like kind of time and, uh, you know, time doing other things or whatever it might be. And so that kind of practical approach is a really kind of good sort of starting place. I'm kind of interested to know where it kind of goes, because of course what tends to happen is we then draw a line in our minds, uh, so to speak, and that becomes the line that we inadvertently peg ourselves to. Uh, and I'm yeah. kind of really curious how you kind of move on from that, not wanting to kind of move on from Carlos's kind of sort of structured sort of podcast notes, but I'm kind of curious how how that kind of yeah. line in the sand becomes a helpful start point, but whether yes. that can also then become a limiting limiting point
1: too. 100%. And I'm, I'm happy to jump in on that as well, but without messing you up, Carlos, because I've seen the performance. <laughs> so we're good. All right. So um, The the key thing here was, is I I was like, Oh, so i can earn 45 grand what's to stop me from earning 70 or 80 grand and so i'm so for those of you who are listening i'm 52 all right and i know it's all right you don't have to tell me but i know okay right so i'm 52 <laughs> I'm 50, for those who can't see right i'm just demonstrating but um when i first bought my first house that i bought was 70 grand what could you get today for seventy thousand pounds realistically so I realized that just in terms of earning and and whatever was gonna happen in my life, and we've had ups and downs, had to sell our house and all the stuff that happened with it, put our kids in private school, all the other different choices that we made. So with all those choices, I had to adjust accordingly. And so I said the same effort that made me do 45 grand, why can't I use that same effort and make 90 grand? Mm -hmm. The only thing that needs to change is my promise of value and how I bring that to the actual table. And, and what it was is, is I I'm, a, I'm I, it sounds really weird, but I'm not driven by money, but I love the ability to know that if I want to turn something on, I can go and do that and make that and then just step back. You know, I, I love the idea of being able to go, if I wanted to, and I hope I don't sound in any way arrogant to anybody's work working here, but I've worked, worked it out that I can actually go, if I wanted to work for half a year, I can drive my business in such a way that I can do six months and then bugger off for six months. And that, for me, I'll get restless anyway, so it's never going to happen. I'll be way too restless. But the 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 ability to know that you can do that because you have a real sense of who you are as an individual and what you bring to the table is powerful. And the one thing I'll drop in here just before we do go to the question, Carlos, is, is this. The big shift for me was when I recognized that my client base didn't only have to be based in the UK. When I realized that my client base was global, that was it. That totally shifted it for me, especially like, faster, faster Wi-Fi and broadband, and it wasn't dial up, right, (laughs) because I'm going way back now. (laughs) It wasn't that anymore. From the time I was able to know that I could connect with a worldwide audience, that totally shifted my whole point of value.
0: Mm. First, I I really appreciate um, you acknowledging my need for structure. (laughs) I came, back to, you. I came exactly. back to it. I came back. Weather going off peace. What are they talking about? Stop doing that. No, and I, I think we got to a really good place because one of the first things that sprang to mind is like um, this question that uh, I I first heard from this guy called Paul Jarvis who wrote a book called A Company of One. Yes, and it's you know not growth for growth's sake, mm-hmm. but to do that you have to know you have to be able to answer the question: What is enough? Yes. And when I heard you say, you know, you talked about how you're spending your time, who you're spending your time with, what you're spending your time on. Those were essentially the elements of being able to define what is enough. Yes. Because you need, you know, like you said, both myself and Ben, have young kids, we we want to be able to spend time with them. And so yes. that's going to dictate the <laughs> the finite resources we have and how we use them. But then there's this other aspect of it, it's like while we have finite time, it doesn't necessarily limit the amount of money we can earn. And there's an aspect here of where, you know, before we may be limited by location, geographical location. And so that kind of puts a, a ceiling maybe on the amount of money we can earn unless we physically travel. But now, like you said just now, the world, for some of us, again, caveat it depends on the type of work you do but for for some of us who are more knowledge-based workers for one of a better term Mm. the the world is our market and so the limitations in a sense aren't necessarily about the market rate Mm. or the industry but potentially it's within us yes 100% and our perception of what we can earn what we are allowed to earn and maybe our capabilities to get to that point and so um, it's interesting here. Maybe Ben can pick up on this a little bit, and we can have a conversation. But you talked at the beginning about day rates yes. and speaker rates, and then even that speaker circuit. And there's a there's a rate. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about yeah. when waking up to money on the course is this idea of like actually, there's never a fixed rate. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But there is a there's a number. Yes. But it's dependent on a dialogue. Yes. I don't know, Ben, if you want to pick on pick that up or and then, then we can run with that. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: um to, to to my mind, I mean, and everything that you're uh, saying, David, kind of really, really resonates. Um and to my mind, the, the kind of the thing around a number, of course, is a shorthand because everybody feels a little bit uncomfortable in the sort of negotiation bit. And so I think to an extent everyone's looking for a kind of shortcut to get out of it. Uh, yes. And so it's like you know the conversation you were when you were referencing earlier, asking people you know what what is it, what do you charge, what's your rate, and everyone saying no no you know don't share your data, and that kind of happens even it, to an extent when you're discussing things with prospective clients, and this idea of rate is a way of kind of getting out of the discomfort of ambiguity and the kind yes. of ambiguity of that all oh, this that and the other, and I think. Uh, we kind of, we, we sort of default to that out of an ease uh, and, and out of a kind of laziness. But of course, what we're doing in defaulting to that is we're sort of obscuring the the opportunity. And by opportunity, I don't just mean the opportunity for me to earn more from doing work with you. But, the you know, what we're kind of doing is we're obscuring the opportunity of me working with you. Because, of course, you know, it's not as we talk about, you know, on the kind of podcast. It's when we provide a service, you know, we kind of benefit in a sense once. And our clients benefit Time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. And I think kind of understanding that is a really kind of important part of the sort of dialogue. And so getting out of that ambiguity that kind of rates is a bit of a kind of fig leaf for and -hmm. starting to embrace in the conversation of kind of value for us kind of points to a kind of big opportunity for people.
1: No, 100%. And I think that the the big thing around, the big learning I got around that pricing is that I, I will tell people what my day or Hourly rate is if they need to know it, but I just say, look, I I need you to understand as well that I'm pricing this on value, not on a day rate, Mm -hmm. because I can say to you, I can come to anybody and go, okay, my day rate starts at five grand, and people will look at me and they go, what
2: the hell, five
1: grand? That's a lot of money. It's all relative, you know, Mm -hmm. because the same kind of information that I give people, they'll go to, I don't know, an Ernst and Young or a McKinsey or what have you, pay a hell of a lot more, but they won't have the same intimacy. It'll be a junior member of staff doing the majority of the work. And they won't have that kind of experience that I bring. And, and so I'm okay with that. I actually sit with that figure and I'm absolutely fine with it. And I, and again, as I say, for those who are listening, I say it with no kind of arrogance, but it's the number that I put on for myself that I say I'm worth. I, When I go for a keynote, my keynote starts at five grand. And again, I told you guys at the beginning, it started at 150, but it started at free, right? So I've made this way from a, a Nissan Micro all the way up to a Tesla Model X. Right? So I made my, you know, made my way up there. But for me, that was my promise of value because I realized this, and this is really key here. So I'll give you, give you, quick, I'll give you quick examples. I say to individuals, if you're going to go start speaking in public, a base level, a base price, £1,500, and they go an hour. I go, you're not charging for an hour you're charging for all the years of your experience. When you pay five grand for me to go and speak for 90 minutes, you're paying for 52 years of my experience with clients, my personal stuff, my anecdotes, the outcomes that I've had. And there are individuals who have been in front of my presentations who have taken stuff from me and they've emailed me back and they've gone, I really appreciate what you did and the presentation you give, I closed the half a million deal. I'm like, that's a 100X return for that organization. And so very often people are get caught up with it just being a price that they have to charge per hour because we are stuck in that whole accountant, solicitor, and even mm-hmm. so much co consultant hour thing. It's not the price per hour. It's the value that you bring and the value that you believe to bring. I'll give you one quick example before we finish. There was a um, uh, young lady who came to me had a really brilliant um, stuff around financial empowerment. Um, but her problem was is that she didn't feel empowered enough to be able to charge the right amount and felt that when she went to go and do stuff you know loads of people don't do i said all right here's what i'm going to do for you yeah. give me your content we will sit down i'm going to charge you five grand i said and you don't have to pay me until it's all done she said five grand's a lot of money there i said here's what we're going to do we're going to take your product because you've got some amazing stuff we're only going to offer it to 100 people and you're going to be there and you're going to support them with this network and you're going to charge two grand she said, "There's no way, Dave. Absolutely no way. Sold out. Sold out." She said, "I think you deserve more than that." I said, "No, it's it's fine. It's a lesson. I've been in abundance. there's a lesson I want you to learn here. All that was difference. It was a shift in your mind. That's all it was." I said, that "I was going to charge you five grand. I'm sticking with five grand. I don't need to double it. That's absolutely cool. Go run with it. Go and teach someone else." And the, the thing here that for, that's really important to understand is not so much just the price we're charging but the value that we bring to our clients that will shift it. So 1500 pounds starting price for, um, for speaking. I also say if you're going to be a coach at a minimum charge about 15, if you're going to go to corporates, corporates expect you, they expect you to start about three grand. They really do. Some will try and knock you down, but you go and look at that company's balance sheet when they're making, you can't even catch up with those zeros and those commas. They can afford three grand. They spend, they spend that on it. They spend more than that on a drinks party at Christmas. All right. what? (laughs) value that you're bringing. That's the key Mm. point. Don't get hung up on the price, focus more on the value that you're bringing to the client. And when you can nail that bit down, it makes it a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, Just quick question, David, because uh, again, sort of, you know, really resonate everything that you're saying this is kind of what we're trying to get people to kind of engage with but i'm curious the the example that you when you were sort of explaining your kind of route in you know early on no i needed to kind of earn the equivalent to what my salary was before then think i need to kind of double that life things change and and whatever and your your kind of realization was that the 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 promise of value was the thing that needed to change i'm kind of curious is it the promise of value which needed to change or the awareness of your value which changed i think they
1: go hand in hand hand because if you're starting out if you're starting out it's the 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 promise of value and you don't have that big track record it can be a bit more Mm -hmm. difficult to prove right Mm -hmm. and again even when we're doing consulting coaching or any other professional service unless we have a real concrete discussion with our clients as to how our impact is going to make that difference. Sometimes it can be quite hard to prove, right? Mm-hmm. How do I prove that when I've gone in and I've done a leadership coaches, it's, it's it's made a massive difference to the workforce. That stuff is quite subjective unless mm-hmm. we have stuff that we agreed on from before, but the promise of value bit piece bit is, is me going, okay, even if I did this for free, this is the value you're going to get out of it. So mm-hmm. you, a lot of people used to come to me for, um, uh and, and and senior leaders still do this they come to get me to coach them to speak in public most people are terrified of speaking in public some people wouldn't even do this even though we we're on a podcast and i will go like my first thing i will say to people is if you're ever in a position where someone's asked you to speak recognize that they've seen your value that's what mm-hmm. you've got to understand and secondly walk into that room and say i deserve to be here so all my co- all my little clients have got this little piece of paper like they'll go in and go i deserve to be here and then they go in there and they kick ass right but it's that little shift that small shift, those few words, or that encouragement about if somebody's invited you to do something that they've seen your value, that's a major shift for people that I've worked with. Because all of a sudden, they're going into the room and they're not scared anymore. They're still nervous. I still get nervous. I'm not going to lie. You still get nervous. It's good nervous energy, but you're not scared. And so it's being able to identify what that is, what whatever area you're working in, how are you shifting it for that individual? And how could you prove it to them that it's that value? And then you tweak. And then you learn and then you tweak and then you learn so it's a continuous process does that does that help
2: yeah it does yeah yeah
0: so i'm going to make the assumption here there's someone listening to this who's maybe been working three maybe five years in their current way Mm -hmm. Uh, they're able they conceptually know that there's value that they're (laughs) providing yeah but there's something here around stories and, yes. and there's two ways i'm looking at it there's the story you tell around the value So mm-hmm. you the story that i heard you tell is that you go to ernst young and you go to these big these big consultancies they will charge you this much but you're going to get this person I'm sorry, mm-hmm. someone else doing the work
1: <laughs> yeah okay <Yeah.
0: laughs> another person doing the work so um so there's a real thing like, oh yeah, oh my god, that, that, I can start seeing the rationale. It's, yes. it's turning into a narrative that makes sense to me. So there's there's a storytelling aspect, mm-hmm. as you, the provider of value, yes. um, and then there's another story. This is an internal one, which I'm also, I'm maybe even more interested in. Is this what if they don't buy? Yeah. What if they reject me? Mm-hmm. What does that mean about me? and my confidence about the value that I bring. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is there anything there that you could share about, Yeah, help people understand, A, telling the story about the work so that people understand the price, but B, also this feeling of, okay, how do I avoid this story of like, oh, if someone doesn't buy, then that means I'm not good enough.
1: Okay. So one of my favorite books, um, just in terms of principle, and it's a bit, a a lot of these old, I'm just going to say this now with a caveat, I have a couple of books that are old school they, because they were written by 1900s white British, sorry, American, British, <laughs> males. right. There's a slight leaning towards it being slightly misogynistic and kind of privileged. So that's my context, but I think the principle still applies, right? The principle still applies, but it worked for me. The Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really loved about that book is he said, get a mastermind, surround yourself with individuals who will encourage you, who will foster, do I ever get worried like, oh, my God, I'll give this person that stuff and they might reject? Of course it is. And you know what happens? You go, well, my fee's going to be 5000 And they go, oh, I can only find 2000 And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll take the 2000 then if that's all right. Because you're looking and thinking, oh, my God, they, I'm actually glad that they actually responded to me. But part of the beauty of having a mastermind and where I was able to join masterminds, like the PSA and work with other coaches, like I used to be when Twitter first came, now uh, all those years ago and i was on a platform called academy and even when i first started on linkedin i would ask other coaches hey coaches you know a lot of us are in a bit of a bind around pricing six of us get together for dinner let's have a conversation it's going to be a really frank conversation about how we run our business how we price how we market if you're up for it let's go 30 pound ahead let's go for it and it was amazing how often i was oversubscribed. now people came there and they were absolutely terrified go, oh my god i don't want to tell anybody our price but we go no look let's go in Let's be really transparent about this, and let's hold our value. And the mastermind piece was powerful because it wasn't just in your head anymore, right? And, and if anybody got a sale that was rejected, you had, this is what happened. And, you, and then somebody goes, well, did you say this to them? Did you give them this point of value? What would have kind of happened if you did this in another way? And you find that that was really, really good. And the second thing I did, which was really good, is I got mentors and what I call my personal advisory board. So even at my age now, I still have mentors, older and younger, And I go, like, especially, like, my kids laugh at me. I used to be in technology, but I give me a phone and I'm crap, right? Just I I just want to answer calls and send texts. But there are younger people who mentor me around technology, and it's incredible. There are older people who will give me a bit of a guide around how to grow a business, how to be able to navigate across cultures. Like, I've been doing a lot of work in the last year for clients in Asia Pacific, and especially around leadership. The leadership that's in um, Asia Pacific is very different than the West. So I've had people who are mentoring me in that space and going, okay, look, I know I'll rock into this room, this six foot two tall black guy with his booming voice just walking in there. How does that land? And like, okay, Dave, you need to just turn the volume this down a little, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Everybody can yeah. see you You're this friendly giant, but it can be a lot, okay? But also understand it's quiet leadership. How we do in there is quite hierarchical. We respect authority, we respect elders. And what happens in the West where you're forced to challenge and have conflict? That's not gonna work here. For my work, having those pieces of feedback has been brilliant because then I go in and I go in and I do these workshops, and I start to tell people what I've understood about the culture. And all of a sudden, there's this acceptance, and there's this trust, and there's this dialogue. And so, for me, having those two two key things made massive difference. Having the mastermind, so I can have that conversation among peers. And if I couldn't find one that existed, I created one. And the second one is just finding mentors and individuals. And I think it's quite easy. But a lot of people are worried about: oh, Is it a formal process? No, just say, "Look, hey, I'm just looking for somebody who's had experience." of being able to do x y and z can you give me one or two people that you've met already that i can use as a reference and can we work together for six months and i know it sounds i'm really hoping i don't need to sound blasé but it it is a lot more straightforward than we think and the only reason it becomes difficult is because of the story we put in our mind that somebody might tell us it's not going to work but those two definitely
0: wonderful i just put a little poll out there for anyone who's listening live right now um do you are you part of a mastermind group right now Do you have a mentor that's guiding you because well it's one of the things that's really important to us uh for the happy pricing course and also waking uh, the happy startup school the principle that when you're in the thick of it you're sometimes the last person to have the answer and having people around you to be able to reflect what you're saying what you're thinking actually just allows you to just rise above the mess yes Uh, and i think there's there's for me the importance of the mastermind or the mentor there's there's that level of just i don't know (laughs) i just don't have the knowledge actual knowledge there's also the i'm in such a an emotional state for one of (laughs) the time that i can't see what i need to see yeah and and so there's a you know i think it would be it, it is my and lawrence's mission to create more community for one of a better term, 100%. places where we can spare you we where we can turn up and say actually i have no idea what's going on here yes can someone and be help? okay
1: and be okay with that i just say for the sake of argument i'm just throwing it out there's an idea because i like brighton as well although the your seagulls are terrorists all right let's just put that out there <laughs> in Brighton are terrorists okay i <laughs> not eating food on any promenade with those things around okay <laughs> but let's just say for the sake of argument you said right okay dave um but there as an extension of this pricing uh, conversation, we've had about 12 people who wanted to to really kind of like talk some issues out and really think about how they were going to build it up. Would you be happy to come down on a train, um, have dinner with us and we can have this conversation? I go, yeah, I jump on the train. You've got to pay for me though, all right? I jump on the train, you pay for my food, right? That's all good, right? All right? Jump on the train, you pay for my food. I rock up, we're in a table. There's 12 of us, we sit down for two hours. We've got to have a really, really good conversation. How do we do this? What are the questions that you want from before? And then you build it. And very often, to your point, we create all these narratives and stories in our head. But it's just as simple as someone going, all right, you know, you guys are going to go and do this, the Happy Meal, I'm going to call it. It sounds really mcdonalds right? But, you know, what I'm talking about right? the Happy Startup meal, okay? Yeah, but they, yeah. they, they, they,
2: they already own Happy Meal. <laughs> okay, right.
1: <laughs> so we got the Happy Startup meal. i have got the Happy Startup meal, okay? <laughs> and, and but, you know, 12 of us sit around a table and people come with the ideas of what it is, but, but not just... Because sometimes we can have these conversations and people can hide behind a screen, right? But when you're looking at somebody in the white of their eyes and going, it will be okay, and this is how you do it, and let's work through this, that stuff is incredibly powerful. That. That's yeah, my simple offer to you, so if you want to take me, I'll it fine. Yeah. Good restaurant, though.
0: Oh, there's there's Thank there's you. so many uh, requests I have of you. It's just whether I can afford five grand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is... <laughs>
2: This one for free. This one for free. Come on, we have to pay. Fantastic. For
0: free. Right. <laughs> I, I, I would like to. I think there's a lot of mm. there's there's so much I'd like to talk to you about. Not only about pricing, but especially your leadership work and. That's fine. i you, you, you are a polymath. There's so much stuff that there's there's a wisdom there that I would love to yeah, see how we can spread that to more of our community as well in terms of the okay. way you think. Okay. Um, but it's it's interesting that whole. Um, When you said, you know, have the whites of their eyes and being present in a space, how that shifts the energy. And we see that at our events and our retreats. It's it's, it's amazing. And particularly over a meal, there's something about a meal that brings people together in a different way than a conference table. Yes. Um, But on that as well, I've found, given the past two years that we've been in and having to do a lot of stuff remote, particularly a lot of our coaching, and I'm assuming you're doing this as well, there is a level of connection because of the quality of the connection the internet connection we've got that you can really have like this yes like you can talk to someone and you can read and we've seen that with our coaching groups it's like it just shifts the energy just knowing that someone yeah. actually hears yes. what's going on for you
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and and a lot of that time when we're thinking about oh can I raise prices by a hundred quid can I double it can I can I you know can I go into step into this conversation where I feel like the the fear yes having people to just even acknowledge that and say yeah i'm with you i know what that's like 100 rather than
1: and sometimes those changes may be with new clients because sometimes we're afraid because we've got the existing one right we've got five existing clients who are paying us 150. are they going to pay us 250. i just go to them look i'm just letting you know that there's going to be a price change you've got a year to adjust to that but my new clients who are coming on board they're going to be paying a hundred pounds more so when you see that make the most of the years kind of like <laughs> rinse me for what it is for that year that i'm there but it's going to be changing afterwards and part of that i've learned from again from the masterminds that when i was in there if i wanted to increase my price to go from 150 pounds to five grand over a number of years for some people and look i'm telling you i'll be really honest with you frank my price is going up to seven and a half grand uh, for the new year and and again that's my promise of value because i want to do less for more but I really want people to have not just to hear my voice, but when I'm speaking, I want them to have really good materials that they can go away with, set up mastermind groups, go, go and do stuff that's um, you know done uh, done elsewhere. And that stuff for me is 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 critical because I've, I'm I'm okay with doing that. And to your point, I'm one of the reasons why I'm okay to sit down and have a dinner with somebody when I've obviously created the relationship and the connection is that I know that. I've been able to build it in such a way that I can go right, to use the kind of like a biblical term, I can do 10% tithe where I can go, Mm -hmm. this is a cause that I really love. And so I can go to schools, to prisons, to spaces where people don't have that, or small businesses or people that have created a relationship where we sit down and we have a couple of hours. I know you can't afford my five grand fee, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And I say that not in a pejorative way, but I know individuals can't do that. But what I will then do is I go, okay, so we struck up a relationship. Is this trust? You're not just coming oh, can I get you for a coffee? And then try and pick everything out of my brain. This is me and you creating a relationship and sitting down and then really being able to go, right, what can you pick for me in that space and time? And I believe that that's, this is why I was talking about family and purpose at the beginning, because to your point that you made at the beginning, it's really great to build a business and you know, you, to build a sustainable business, you have to have, uh, part of it will be your purpose. Your people and uh, your product but and profit right because you need to be able to have that profit to keep it to, to keep it going but there's also bandwidth where you know that there are going to be some clients or spaces who can't afford the full amount and that's okay can you build enough bandwidth with that yeah so for me knowing that um i can charge a premium elsewhere so that on another side i can offer to individuals who can't afford that premium you know there are individuals who will probably uh, just sorry i'm going I'm having a bit of a ramble but bear with me I'm, although I, said like, one of the things I've started doing now is I'm starting to say to individuals, look, I charge companies big money. What I'm starting to do now is go, I'm going to start doing some webinars. And those webinars I, I fix at £120, all right? So that's £100 worth fat, all right? And I'm saying a lot of these organizations get the benefit of some of the stuff that I talk about, but there are lots of people who just seeing the stuff that I do on LinkedIn on my blog isn't, is not going to be enough. So coming to an intense session with me for 60 to 75 minutes, pay 100 quid, you're going to get materials, but you'll get access to me and being able to do that at, at a wide level if i get 100 people in the room for the sake of argument i've made 10 grand all right but there are still 100 people who would have got the benefit from me that don't have to work in a corporate and, and for me at 100 pounds if 100 pounds is too much then go and read the content that i've put online because there's still a lot of quality in there and all across the board from your really basic free content as to, as to how you guys got to meet me all the way up to your real premium you're okay with that spectrum as well so knowing what that bandwidth and what that range of products and uh, and pricing points that you have actually makes um a difference for you by the way before i forget there's somebody put in the note about brussels and um and, the and- we, you know what we can have we can have a virtual dinner all right, I'm putting it out there, All right, If you want to, we can jump on a call and we have a virtual dinner and we can do that. I'm just looking back, that's my offer. That's my offer to you uh, at, at, at oh. the school. If we, If You know, I'm happy to come to Brighton and we can put a little camera at the end of the table, right? Or we can do a virtual one. But for me, that's, it's important for, it's important again, the promise of value here for me is that my value is not just tied to price. Mm. Does that make sense? It's yeah, not just yeah, yeah. Tied to price. I know where it will show up, but other times it will, um there are other times where i'll go look here it is let's just let's just do what we have to do i'm kind of curious
0: go for it
2: oh sorry carlos i was gonna say so i'm kind of curious the um as you're kind of growing uh kind of awareness and sort of understanding of your own value and and confidence in your own value as that kind of changed how did that sort of affect how you were engaging with prospective clients so were you kind of were you kind of following the same approach, just with a newfound confidence that stood behind a, effectively a, a higher amount, or yes. was the process by which you kind of were bringing clients on board and kind of developing those relationships did it change? I was kind of curious about the difference between those things. Oh, I love
1: that. So, so here's my theory: uh, competence breeds confidence, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes people get it the other way around, but for me, competence breeds confidence. Um, It's one thing to give all the swagger and say, oh, I'm a great speaker. But if people are consistently paying me the amount of money, then that's the evidence, right? And so as a speaker, I've gone away. I've learned stand-up comedy. I've learned amateur dramatics. I've learned rhetoric. I've learned all this stuff that makes me a rounded speaker to to really be able to deliver. Then people are paying it. So I'm going, okay, as I get more competent, I get more confident. And what I didn't realize, and this was quite interesting, um, the power of testimonials. I used to think, oh, this is trash. Cause you just got some dude who's never known you. David was so excellent, he came and he changed my life. And I'm like, Come on, really? When I see some of this, I'm like, Somebody told you to write that. But I realized that testimonials are really powerful, especially for smaller businesses. Because individuals, it's a bit like, you know, Trustpilot or, mm-hmm. or any one of those things that happen online now. It's a way of individuals going, mm-hmm. This that the value that this person said they were going to bring is great. And I never really thought much about it, but there were, two or three things happened. One, I did some work for Virgin Media. Um, this was about um, was about 10 years ago, ten, about ten, 10 or so years ago. I did some work for Virgin Media. I was doing some youth enterprise stuff and what have you, and I did it. And for th- in three incidences, no, five, five incidences. So one, I did an interview with Richard Branson in his house at, in Oxford as part of this thing. Another one, I ended up going to South Africa with Richard Branson and a couple of other people. And then I just did some stuff for his pitch competition. And, and I say this in all humility, because I used to do a lot of stuff, you know, music and dance. I used to do nightclub nights. So there's a whole other story for another <laughs> podcast. Right? It, right, 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 right? <laughs> it was Right, right, right. But what it was is that you realize you met a lot of famous people, and you kind of, you get to, after the third one, you kind of like go, we're all the same, really. Do you know what I mean? The only difference is the ego. Okay, and you've got more money in your bank, right? That's a really nice car. But it was just, it is what it was. But then I realized something. I put a picture of me and Richard Branson on my profile, and it just went boom. And mm. people started to create stories. It's like, oh my God, you went to Richard Branson's house. Are you going to Necker Island? I'm like, dude, I only spent 10 minutes with him. Calm the hell down. <laughs> but that testimonial and that presence of working with that specific client, especially in the corporate space, just took it to another level. But then let me phrase it right back down. I'll give you an example of the, the person that I spoke to with the 2000 pound product for hundred people. She went and told loads of people and it wasn't my main thing. But then I was able to just go and run a course. I don't do it anymore, but I, used to, I did this course, and people came because of that testimonial to see how they could replicate it. So the testimonial piece is quite powerful, but it also stands as as a reason for you to be able to go right. I'm competent at this. I know I'm good. I'm a good accountant. I'm a good coach. I'm a good architect. I'm a good consultant. Somebody's really like that, and they give me a really good testimonial. How do I then leverage that to the next level? And what you realize is that all parts of the journey you were going on the um. You're you're getting more money, so and and you're getting more credibility, and you're getting more value. You know, somebody said to me the other day, and it really kind of like hit me in the gut. They said, "You know what? You're, you're charging five grand, but there are people out there who have just done a little TED talk and they're charging seventy-five grand. You should be a seventy-five grand speaker." That hit me in the gut. I'm like, what? I did ten of those and I got a house in Surrey, right? <laughs> I'm in Brighton, right? I need eight of that, <laughs> twelve of those, and I got a house in Brighton, right? But but what really what really hit me was the, was the perceived value it was that perceived value. So going back to that point about the masterminds, going back to the point about the mentors and individuals, you need the testimonials, you need the mastermind people who will reaffirm to you what's happening. You need the mentors who will give you that guidance and every step of the way, the confidence increases, the confidence increases. Mm. You don't get attached to all those kind of negative conversations around money. And and a big thing for me that's important here is money's there to serve you, not the other way around the moment you start to kind of like, oh, get really scared about it and just think, oh, I need to really keep the, the the pennies, all of a sudden you become subservient to money and not the other way around. And it should never be that case. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's and that's it kind of it sort of tallies, the, so one of the great. things that we teach on the course is this idea of pricing outside in. Because yes. everything that you're saying there, because it's, it's getting people to, you know, in the kind of, for want of a better phrase, walking in the shoes of the people on the other side of the table. So, you know, totally. whether it's the conversation, because you know it's actually you you have no idea really uh, yes. the kind of huge value of your work in many instances yes. you know the huge impact which people enjoy from kind of spending time with you from you being able to share the things that you do and yes. actually so the more time that we can spend by walking in their shoes by mm-hmm. understanding all of their motivations their interests you know the good feelings and solutions that they want by kind of spending time with you that's yes. when you kind of open up an understanding of what the value can, and what the value is
0: 100 yeah i see i like the fact that you mentioned the good feelings and solutions because what i'm hearing from your experience david is there's also the intangible value here yeah while i hear you're an amazing speaker you can inspire people the testimonials the the trust that a picture with richard Manson creates That these elements then they're, they're not maybe the service the thing you're doing is exactly the same yes but that perception of trust knowing that this person is is <coughs> a certain level has delivered before yes that changes the uh, concept of value so just I wanted to make sure that people understood that it's actually just because someone next to you charges a certain amount of money doesn't mean you have to charge the same amount 100% and just because you haven't changed what you've done doesn't mean you can't change your price yes. because it's so dependent not on you but on the other person
2: yeah. so yeah. If, if,
0: if that feels like a message from there the yes. other thing is that one of the things we talk about is like that number that you put out to the world as much as in my head in a perfect world price is always going to change dependent on who you talk to yes. it's, it's, it's a it's a fluid thing but yeah. on the other flip side that number you put out there is a signal. Yes. And Mr. Ben taught me this. It's like that number is always going to be a signal. You don't have to pay that all the time. And yes. to your point about working with schools and prisons and different people, one of the things that I learned by teaching this course with Ben, someone said, actually, I'm not giving you a discount. I'm investing in you. Yes. I believe in you so much that actually that seven and a half grand is my investment in you. Yeah. Rather than saying I'm going to reduce my price, yes. it's like this is I'm going to put this energy this time. Mm-hmm. You're aligned with what I believe is important in the world, and so that's why I'm going to work with you, full stop. Yes. And it's not about the money; it's about the alignment. So that for me is like while we want to work with people where they don't have to give us money, it doesn't stop us from putting a well. This is the price.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I hope okay. people can use that. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that. I, I'm investing in you. I love that. Mm. That's powerful.
2: Yeah. And one of the, the other things, which just the sort of uh, the kind of flip of that a little bit, which references something you mentioned earlier, David, about the uh, companies can afford it. The kind of building on the point you were just saying there about the signal. It's not only that companies, if you are selling, if the things you do is selling to companies, actually, it's not even just that they can afford it. In many instances, for bigger companies, it's yeah. actually easier for them to buy. When yes. you are charging more, uh, and yeah. you know a lot of this is about how easy your services, one services are to buy, and in that sense, money is an important signal. Um, and yeah. so, again, important just to be kind of in the mindset of the people who you are providing your work for.
1: Hundred percent. And don't make don't make the decision. So I'm very quickly. Don't make the decision. Yeah, don't make the decision for people about whether or not they can afford it or not. That's not mm. your choice to make. If somebody says they can't, that's cool. That's not your client then, you know? Somebody can walk into Primark and buy goods, they'll make that choice. If they, can go into, if they can't go into Selfridges, that's the choice they make. Mm-hmm. But Selfridges doesn't stand up there and go, well, look, I'm gonna put this up here to see if you can afford it or not. You walk <laughs> in, if you can't afford it, you'll walk the hell back out, all right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that we're not supposed to be there making that choice for individuals mm-hmm. because the, the, to, to your point that you were making earlier, Ben, there's something here about, do we want do we want to sell to people? Or do we want people to buy from us? And Mm. that's very different. Mm. Because when people are buying, they have the choice. When people feel like they're sold to, it it kind of becomes more around coercion. It feels more around, okay, do I have to make this choice under pressure? Whereas if somebody goes, I need to buy this because I see the value, very, very different. And the the other thing I realized as well, is clients who have bought from me rather than clients who I've sold to stay with me for longer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is for me... Uh, it links to what you were talking about before about there's different and what Ben was saying you know making it easier to buy from you Mm. I think one of the ways that you're making it easy for people to buy from you is because there's a range of options I can just listen to you on LinkedIn Mm. I could go into your podcast I could eventually buy your book I could go to that course or I could take up the the full fat offer I'm going to go and work one-on-one yes and that I think is part of that, um, a giving choice, Mm. b giving, helping people understand the relative numbers. So, ah, that's that much. And that's, that much. And that's why I pay that much. So it removes some of that fear and ambiguity, but also what I, you know, I'm experiencing it myself. I'm going on a journey of trusting you more and getting to know you more. Yes. And I can, and we had this on a podcast, couple of weeks ago with a guy called tad Hargrave, <laughs> from a thing called marketing for hippies he said how can i you can build trust from a distance yes and how do you do that because there is we, we don't have to talk to every single person in order to for them to trust us we can do it thanks to this beautiful technology from the safety of our homes without even talking to you yeah. i can actually get to know you david without yes. ever having to go in front of you and talk to you and that's for me i think where people can start thinking about building a story of value in mm. their work and and that being based on the trust not just yeah. the the stuff that we do
1: yeah by the way you just um, me an, you just give me an idea you just said about like, the full fat offering so now i'm thinking <laughs> for full fat semi-skimmed and skimmed
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go we've got a whole dairy line up here <laughs> oh, just make sure you're not lactose intolerant and right. <laughs> Um, I wanted to, uh, there's a question I'd like to address because Kerry had an interesting question and then to finish off I just wanted to talk a bit more about um, you and maybe ways that people can actually engage with you if they want to learn more from you Um, Firstly, this question from Kerry which I think is uh, quite pertinent. I think we talked to it a bit already, but maybe we can just hit it head on. Mm-hmm. Kerry's asking, do you have any advice on pricing yourself when you have 20 years of experience and find yourself competing against people who are younger and cheaper or services like Fiverr? I feel like I have to lower my prices to stay competitive or to get a job, but then sometimes feel shortchanged in the process. So anything that you can mm-hmm. offer for Kerry, um in that yeah.
1: situation. So again, uh, the, it, again, it's the promise of value. So I know that if I wanted to get, uh, let's just say for uh, a graphic design, something if I want to get graphic design, I could fool myself into thinking I'm Leonardo da Vinci, go and set up an account on Canva, go on there and whack out a design with a couple of fonts and colors and think <laughs> I'm good. A real designer will look at it and go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> And so for me, the investment around the branding or what have you is that value that that person brings in. Yes, there are younger people coming into it. And I've seen that even around, like I I use Squarespace for one of my my sites. And I've seen the range of individuals who have offered some stuff at real cheap and it looks cheap and cheerful and others who will charge a premium and you're like, okay, that's the one I'm gonna go down because that's what I'm gonna be supported by. So I'd say, depending on your service, um, Kerry, identify the avatar or the ideal client that you'd want to work with. Who does that actually look like? And also being able to position it because a lot of the Fiverr kind of cheaper versions, they tend to be one-offs. And I think that in terms of being able to offer a service that's better, you wanna be able to develop a client relationship rather than just having a one-off customer. So if you can define who that client looks like rather than just them being a customer, you can offer a smorgasbord or a buffet of of, of offerings that they have that allow you to go in there for a longer time. And the thing that you have that a lot of them don't have is 20 years of experience. Mm. And 20 years of experience may not seem like much to individuals, but that means you can see the world in a very different way. You know, I say to my daughters, I go, look, you think you know the world, right? I'm 52. Trust me, when I was cocky and I thought I knew it all, I got slapped upside the head so many times. And I said, something's gonna happen. I'm gonna nod my head, and I'm like, man, nods it, see I told you so. And they know it, and they look at me like, Dad, don't nod your head. I'm like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: alright, <laughs> I do that. Like, and that's the experience piece. And again, you know, the experience could be five years, but to your point, it could be 20 years, and there's a big difference between five and 20. And I would say really, really knuckle down on what is it that that sweet spot that you have with the clients that you've already worked with. And this is where the testimonials come back in again. What is it that you brought to the table that made a difference? What is it that you brought to the table that made them go, oh, my God, this is good. I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. And if I did go anywhere else, I know it would only be cheap and cheerful because I didn't have the budget. So really nail down who that avatar is. Stick with your prices. In fact, with all the cheaper ones coming in, I'd actually say raise them.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. i would honestly
1: to raise them um i'll Kerry, i'll give you my email at the end of this right just reach out to me afterwards all right nice and we'll jump, we'll jump on the phone for an hour is awesome. that okay we'll jump on, the, Kerry, jump on the phone for
0: an hour all right there you go oh she's liking that yeah ben any thoughts from you
2: And um, no i mean i think one thing that was in mind was actually referencing something that david earlier which he kind of which he touched on again there this just reminding yourself okay, there's a relationship between the competence and confidence mm. you know the 20 years you have experience of seeing things in certain way and kind of trusting in that and also a kind of extension on uh, david's point around the avatar there will be some clients who only want to spend the fiverr equivalent because they don't see the value in it yeah but equally there are a many very many other clients <coughs> who want to invest in so the many. right kind of solution and yeah. it's kind of having confidence to know okay so i'm not for you you are the fiverr people but mm. by contrast you are the not fiverr people and yes. your avatar is the not Fiverr people, uh, assuming yeah. that that's the way you want to go. But yes, yeah, so just the kind of confidence in those in those
0: things. I want to build on that from Ben actually as well. Is that um, the first thing that sprang to mind is that you tell that explicit story. Go with Fiverr, you get this. Go with me, you get this. Yeah. Because I think that's part of the the service that you provide your potential customer is helping them make the right decision for themselves. And when I, I the story I have is like. One of the things that I wanted to do, we had a course, I wanted to get the little subtitles, transcription things, but I had no idea whether that's going to add value to my course. So I wasn't prepared to invest a lot of money in it. So I went to Fiverr because I wanted to test out the idea. But if I knew that course was going to make X amount of money and actually having those subtitles going to be intrinsically important, I would consider having that done properly. And well, and I'd be thinking about other courses I'm going to doing. So I want to be working with someone that I can have a relationship with. And even when I looked on fiber for that service, there was such a range of prices Hmm. that I didn't want to go for the cheap one because I didn't want to (laughs) get burned, but I couldn't afford the expensive one because I wasn't sure about the value of what I wanted to get. So I went somewhere in the middle, not to say that you need to price in the middle, but to illustrate, I didn't know what I needed because I didn't understand the value of the service that I was buying. Yes. So, I think, as a experienced, particularly someone with twenty years of experience, relating to what uh, David does, is like, for me, when you tell the stories of that experience, tell the stories of that perspective, that gives people a better idea of how to judge value um, yes. because it's it's otherwise they're just going in cold and they're like, everyone, you know we're all scared of stuff that we don't know, so we'll go for the the safest option. Cool. Awesome. Boom. Well, we've got pricing, the third business skill. I haven't Ooh, heard of nice. that book. Haven't heard of that. No.
2: It's it's okay. a dry,
1: it's a dry book. I'm gonna tell you now. It's dry, but then I've, this is what i this is one of the things I've also learned around this. A lot of the stuff that is boring is also brilliant when you put it into practice. Mm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This book is dry as hell, but it really revolutionized, especially when I was dealing with bigger clients um so um we can put that in the show notes if you want as well Um,
0: yeah i'm going to stick that in the chat now and unfortunately i've only got an amazon link but hopefully you can find better places to buy Uh, yeah um,
2: yeah yeah I, i like the idea that kind of boring is brilliant too maybe that's kind of that's hope for us carlos on the uh on the,
0: on the so, podcast you know, generally. i'm going to say that from boring the, <laughs>
1: 28
2: people signed up and they stayed, <laughs> all right. right
0: if we we're going to sell the value of happy prices like you can go for the boring books but if you want to have fun if you want to enjoy this journey of learning how the fuck should i price join us you know you you you, you, you might not get all the genius hacks but you'll actually do what you're going to do because you actually enjoy right. pricing rather yes. than oh! Anyway, um, I'm conscious of the time. I'm really uh, appreciative of of all your wisdom and knowledge. Um, Oh, I I feel torn now. There's one last question. Uh, All right, this is the last question. Nirish. Nirish is asking. Okay, let's see. What is the biggest shift in mindset needed for someone who's transitioning from an employee consultant to an independent consultant stroke coach in terms of pricing and value? I like this question. This is a good question. All right. Men, what is your, what is your perspective on
1: this?
0: (laughs) Who wants to go first?
1: Um, You're still the same person. The sign on the outside may be slightly different, but you're still the same person. And the fact that you've worked for a larger consultancy shows that you know what you're doing. It's still the same person. It's just a different sign outside the building. Once we recognise that, and I'm not saying so bad about, I'm not making any, I'm not playing down that transition, but it's recognising that Q squared for me, I don't compare myself to Ernst and Young. Uh, we don't have twenty thousand people and partnerships and all the rest of that, but we do have a lot of the same clients that we work towards, and we bring something different. Anson Young, I'm happy for them and what they do. But what we do at Q Squared is Q Squared, and we go in at the level that we are good at, and, and we own up, we own it there. The sign may be different on the building, but I'm not comparing myself to them because Anson Young couldn't do what I do. Mm. and I say that not in an arrogant way. I say that where my confidence has allowed me to be confident. I say they can't do what I do. Mm. And, and I'm happy with that. And I can't do what they do, and that's absolutely okay. So just because the sign on the building has changed, the person who's working and doing that offering is still good, so hold your own, hold your own, yeah, and make use of the masterminds and the mentors and all the other people around you to do that
0: as well. Boom, mm. oh, and-
2: yeah, I guess one thing just I'd add to that, just taking picking up on this point around the sign on the building. Um, you know, for many of the big companies, and we'll pick on & Young because we mentioned them a few times, uh, but it's like the value, <clears throat> there is value in the sign on the building for a certain type of buyer who wants yes. the security of scale and all of those sorts of things. And actually, your opportunity is not being that, you know, to David's point, it is being you. You don't need to be selling a sign on the building. You want to be selling the value. And I think the, just to so point to your question around what needs to change in, in kind of mindset, I think one of the first kind of watchouts is that because you're making this transition, your value is not less. That has to be just the first obvious kind of point to call out. Your value is not less by not being in the organization. The opportunity is your value is much more. Um, But, you know, you need to just kind of be focusing on the value, focusing on what it means for the clients who you work (coughs) with, for you to do the work that you do. That is the kind of important driver in all of this.
0: Cool. Um, I think to hopefully not labor the point, the mindset shift of it, it's not about you it's not about what you do it's about the person who's going to make the decision to work with you so forget Absolutely. oh you got a different label or you're different way- who is it that that person is in front of you what is it that's driving them motivating them? what are they scared of what what are they trying to get to focus on that forget a, you know if you've got years of experience in doing your work you know what to do it's about really building that trust and relationship and understanding that empathy this person is really struggling they need help they want to get somewhere they're scared about something if you can dive into that then and then have the tactics and strategies to then go to the right number i think you'll be fine boom okay awesome um if people would love to well get to know you more follow your staff Mm. where's a good place for them to hang out to 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 learn more about your work then
1: so i think the most in terms of the 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 most visible space for my thinking um if you can handle a couple of swears i'll just put it in here it'll be, it'll be my linkedin most people know and have seen the content that i do I, i'm very unapologetic in my um, my content there but i'm also quite the, the one thing i will say to people i speak my truth but i'm also open and willing to learn other truths as well i don't feel like i have all the answers but i'm not afraid to talk to subjects around around people that may maybe afraid afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid. There's no subject that's off limits for me because I think we, we are grown adults. We should be able to talk about anything. Otherwise than that, if you type David McQueen into Google, I come up in the top three results. So you know whatever. <laughs> and there's, yeah, the murderer is the one on on 4 that ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> <four>. <laughs> but yeah, you usually LinkedIn is the
0: best place to get hold of me, and I'll put the uh, link in, in in the in the chat. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Um, and you're in the process of writing a book? I am. So it's called The Brave Leader. How is that Leader? going and how are you doing Good.
1: that? So it's I'm I'm self-publishing, but it's gone to my editor now. So he's in the middle of tweaking and making sure it sounds sensible. Um, uh, I'm looking to launch it either the end of January or beginning of February next year. Uh, and it's called The Brave Leader. It talks about inclusive leadership in the workplace. So you're quite excited about that. Brilliant. It's painful awesome. as well
0: yeah is, i was curious about that it's like what what is that what are the what are the pain points been for you for yeah. for someone who's interested in maybe writing a book
1: okay so if you've had two children and you somebody said don't have a third that was the third
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the third that was the wayward child who wouldn't come in and wouldn't behave <laughs> um the, the the thing for me i think people need to understand is it's it's like another job you, the energy and effort and you you can't help but do you know I, I i'm not i try to move away from perfectionism but you know that this book is going to go out into the world and people anywhere in the world can go and see it and you want them to have an impression of what your thinking is and it's it's tough going it's taken me over a year to pull this stuff together i've rewritten some pieces but be okay once it's done to just let it go it's like as i said it's like a kid when a kid gets older and, and i know for I'm at the other end now where my kids are a lot older. Just let them go. I've done what I've done. we have got to let you go and then see what happens. Mm. And if it doesn't work first time, you can always you do a second edition. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it, it's honestly about like having a second job. So be prepared for that.
0: Mm. Be prepared. for. Well, it's, I'm curious about it because actually this Friday we're doing uh, our Friday Fireside webinar, uh, and it's with a guy who who's written a book called Write Useful Books. Yes. Um, so if anyone's listening who's interested in writing books, um, uh, there's the emotional roller coaster that I'm hearing from David, and also then there's the actual process. So if you're interested in that, join us on Friday. That would be um, that's something that feels connected to what we're talking about here. Uh, and finally, if anyone is interested in finding out, you know if you want to follow the whole pricing journey and learn more about pricing, please join the newsletter there's a link here learn more about pricing um it would uh yeah it would mean that it'll be easier for us to communicate any new stuff share the recordings we want to post this on youtube as well we're going to post this as a podcast uh and any kind of thoughts and revelations we have we'll share that as within the newsletter so if you want to get more confident with your pricing please click on that link um it has been an amazing pleasure though i can't believe it's Time has flown that quickly. It's been it's been really a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Thank you. David. Thank
2: you. Pleasure yeah, to be. Yeah. Thank you
0: very much. Thank you. Thank you, you everyone that. for your time and attention. Um. And until next time, yeah. Happy startup dinner meal thing. Yes. I'm gonna have to think about that one. I'm gonna make that happen. So uh, whether that's virtual or in person, watch this space. Brilliant. Have a great rest of the day thank Thank you you, everyone see See you soon bye 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 -bye. Bye. Bye. thank you for listening to our waking up to money podcast if you are curious about learning more about pricing happy then go to our website happypricing.co where you can sign up to our newsletter and receive alerts about when the new episodes are coming up and any other happy pricing tips that we put out you can also go from there to our youtube channel where you can watch all of our archives of live happy pricing webinars and if you want to go a step further you can sign up to our happy pricing course um, which will be launching in autumn 2021 so go to the site to pre-register or contact myself or ben um, you can get me on carlos at happystartups.com and you can get Ben on ben at 10percentbetter.co Looking forward to hearing from you.